0: And you're listening to The Laughs of Your Life, the podcast where I talk to influential people about laughter. From their first memories of laughter, to feeling laughed at, to the moment where if they didn't laugh, they'd cry. Like, what makes someone a Big Brother legend? Like, you just were fun and up for fun and, like, not a dick.
1: And that people connect with that. I was a drunk.
0: You know, back then, it was like <laughs> the
1: first year they...
0: In the same month that Big Brother returns to our TV screens on ITV, it's my pleasure to have former Big Brother winner and legend, Kate Lawler, as my guest this week. We talked about the nicknames she gave her breastfeeding boobs, the trauma of having her dog snatched by an ex, and how a football bet led to her getting the last laugh over her dad. This season of The Laughs of Your Life is sponsored by FNF Clothing available at Tesco Style to help real people feel great Now I think we were fooling ourselves for a bit there with the kind of mild-ish weather I know I for one was starting to work most days with a light jacket at most but our days are numbered girls coat season is looming well it's here, and F and F are ready for it. There are 25% off all coats for women, men's, kids, and baby in F and F, and because they're sound, there's also 25% off ladies' knitwear. You know that F and F's wardrobe staples are stylish, affordable, and best of all, made to last. So pop in and get yourself set for the season ahead. The offer runs from today, Monday the 16th of October, to Sunday the 22nd of October inclusive. Just flash your club card or app at the till to avail. Some exclusions apply. F and F makes fashion sense. Available at Tesco. Before we get going, just a heads up: this episode contains conversations about postnatal depression. And now for my chat with Kate Lawler. I hope you enjoy. Kate Lawler, you are so extremely welcome to the Laughs of Your Life podcast. Thank you for having me. It's such a great podcast. I'm very happy to be here. Oh, I'm delighted. Okay, well, I was looking at your Insta stories today. Thank you so much oh. for getting a gorge face, <laughs> facial in advance of the podcast. Oh,
1: I should have thought. I did. Why didn't I think you might look at those? And I was on a weird drip. You were on a drip. A weird drip. Tell me about that. Do you feel different? I d- I, do you know what the guy was like? You'll you'll have much more clarity. the fr- The brain fog will be lifted. And then I went to a shop, bought a falafel and hummus salad baguette. Came home, made myself lunch like a moron, forgetting I'd bought the baguette and so I had two lunches. So no. that obviously didn't work for the brain fog. But I do feel like full of energy and I feel quite happy. But very, very strange sensations having this drip. So it was yeah. a load of vitamins that were just being going through. I've got the little plaster there. Oh, on yeah. your still. I was on an IV drip. Last time I was on an IV drip was when I had my daughter two and a half years ago. So very strange. And <laughs> my legs went heavy. My chest felt tight, thought I was going to have a heart attack. But as soon as the IV drip stopped, it was fine. So it's, it's a weird experience. And then I also had a non-surgical facelift. Have you ever heard of M-Face?
0: I've heard of it. Yeah, I, I, I definitely need it. So it's, tell me about it's, that. I, I do. My eyebrows are down on my belly button. Like saggy <laughs> face.
1: Is it? Is it brilliant? I, I find the concept weird that I won't see the results until 90 days later. So by Christmas, I'll be looking like a spring chicken. By puppy. Christmas, you'll be like... But, <laughs> yeah, it's it's just these weird pads are on your face and they're just they're they're moving your face and you can't help but you're, I've like you your face ends up pulling the most ridiculous expressions, right. But, you know what I've had four treatments my skin feels nice and hopefully by Christmas I'll notice the difference I better be anyway because it's bloody expensive
0: I'm going to be watching your Instagram now at Christmas just to
1: see <laughs> how gorgeous I'll it is like Benjamin Button across <laughs>
0: the uh, months the things we do Kate the things we do I know um, okay I know. well look shall we get down to business I'm so excited especially for the week that's in it let's just get that out of the way for the moment <gasps> a very very exciting week so what like are you watching Big Brother okay so I didn't tune in I haven't tuned in yet so I'm on breakfast radio here in Ireland so if I commit to something that's on in the evenings I will get so invested and I just won't get any sleep so I need to just at the weekends catch up then
1: yeah that's the best that's the best way to do it yeah breakfast radio is a killer if you're staying up I mean what they did this year was they instead of doing that long three hour live launch they pre-recorded it and edited it so it's super slick and I was even clock watching because I've got a toddler as well I was just like right I need to go to bed early and it was very slick so the launch night was really good I'm already invested yeah Darren I'm already invested because I think when you watch when you don't watch a reality TV show you're not into it but as soon as you start watching it you become invested in the housemates completely and I think it's going to be a really good series do you but I think you know ITV they know how to make a reality TV show they, know they what did they're doing. wonders with Love Island and I just yeah like I, th- I think it's going to be a really good series
0: okay well I'm sure we'll come back to, well we will definitely come back to the topic of Big Brother but for now we need to go back 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 are you ready for this? Yeah, let's go back. Okay, Kate Lawler. Take me back in time. Your first memory of laughter, can you tell us?
1: Do you know what? I really love this question because I don't think I've ever challenged my pathetic little brain to go back that far in time and think about when I first laughed. Like I really had to think last night. I went back to like my earliest memory and then went forward and was like, was that funny? No, was that funny? (laughs) Maybe. But then I think back to like the first time I properly laughed. And it was for me the earliest the earliest memory I have of belly laughing was playing this game with my brother and sister. So I've got a twin sister, a little brother and an older sister. And we used to entertain ourselves Like we all got on really well. There were fights, but there was a game that my twin sister and my little brother and I used to play called, Oh God, I shouldn't even be admitting this. It was called the biting toe game. <laughs> so we were heavily into wrestling when we were kids and we'd get into a wrestling position. And then my sister would always referee and it'd be me versus my brother in his little box bedroom that stunk of, like boy and he had like a little Tottenham Hotspur duvet and anyway we'd, we'd get on the bed we'd be in wrestling position and we'd have to wrestle each other and fight until one person bit the other's big toe so the winner well, would saying, be the biter of the big toe yeah do you know it's so i think all kids are just just
0: so weird that's Whiz. that's a really hard one i remember when we were kids like kicking was a big thing like if if, mm. if you could get on your if you were fighting with your siblings and if you could get on your back and start kicking <laughs> Like, that was death. So to actually not only withstand the kicking, but bite the toe,
1: that's a big achievement. And really hard as well, to the point where, like, the other person would scream and cry. And then we'd be like, best of three. And my mum would be like, what on earth is going on? Why can't you just watch Button Moon like other children? Because we want to play the biting toe game. Legendary. Yeah, and it was so funny because I'd bite his toe really hard and he'd be like crying and then he'd bite my toe really hard. It would just be really funny. It's interesting because I come from a big family. I've got three siblings, yet I'm only going to have one child. Like, I don't want any more and I'm quite happy for my little girl Noah to be an only child. There's pangs of guilt every now and then when I think, oh, man, who's she going to play the biting toe game with? But... (laughs) You know what, I can always... You well, can sob in. She's got cousins. She'll be fine. <laughs> but I loved, yeah, very happy memories from my childhood. I was very fortunate. Okay, Kate, the first time you felt laughed at, can you recall? My twin sister and I used to go every week to watch my dad play football and cricket. In the winter, it was football. In the summer, it was cricket. And we used to go to sports ground, every, sports grounds every single weekend. And there was one sports ground we went to and it was... I think it was just summer had just begun. It wasn't a really hot day, but we thought we saw a tennis court. And while my dad was playing cricket with his cricket buddies, my sister and I ran on to what we thought was a tennis court, when in fact it was actually a swimming pool with a dark green swimming pool cover that was pulled so (laughs) tight that it just looked like, like a tennis court. And we ran onto it. And started, like, sinking into the swimming pool. And all the kids were screaming. And we got dragged out. We were fully clothed, soaking wet. In hindsight, it was quite dangerous that like, we could have dressed. Really but, dangerous. just like, because we didn't, I can laugh at it now. Like, we were fine. Nothing bad happened. But everyone was laughing. Kids came over and was all laughing at us. My dad was, like, laughing. All his cricket buddies were laughing. And, like, they never... They never let us lift that down because we were just like, they were like, you idiots. Like, that's not a tennis court. It's clearly not a tennis court. Your and dad being went, like, they're not mine. They yeah. are not my kids. Whose kids are these? Can someone please? Yeah. <laughs> that, that was pretty embarrassing. And we were about like 10 as well. It's not like we were five. Yeah. We were like grown up enough to, I can't believe I thought it was a tennis court.
0: Should have known better. Okay, Kate, the moment when if you didn't laugh, you'd cry. Can you recall?
1: Uh, yeah, this one's easy because it ended up going viral on the internet. Go on, and it was a very it was a very warm. Uh, Sunday morning, and my husband, my boyfriend at the time, was away with his friends. He was on a stag. I went out the night before and got absolutely leathered. Like, I had the hangover from hell. It was really hot inside my flat. It was either Mother's Day or my mum's birthday. We had to go meet my mum for lunch, and it was like an hour drive. And I came downstairs from my bedroom and went into my kitchen. And I thought to myself, what I really want now is a dirty McDonald's breakfast. Like, I want four hash browns and I just, I I want an an egg McMuffin dipped in ketchup. Delish. But me being me, I was just like, you know, do you know what? Like, let's juice. Come on, let's get the Nutribullet out. Let's get the vegetables. Let's get the fruit out. Let's juice mixed it around for some reason i'd mixed it with a spoon then dropped the spoon in the nutribullet and spoke to instagram going right i'm juicing and then forgot to take the spoon out of the nutribullet put the lid on Pressed go do you know what happens if you leave a metal spoon inside a nutribullet what explodes yeah it exploded no across the whole kitchen across my dog across the fridge across the windows across the ceiling across my face
0: Oh and my I, I, God. Producer Patty showed me a photo in the background. How have I not seen that? That seriously? is amazing. That looks like, sorry, that looks like the cover image of a true crime documentary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's bad. Okay. You love a drink. I love a drink. What's your yeah, ideal? Like on a night out, what's your, if you're going out with friends, what way does the night go?
1: Well, it, do you know what? It used to be cheap wine in my twenties. And then in my thirties, it was vodka, lime, soda for years. Yeah. These days it's more wine. Yeah. Uh if it's a special occasion, we'll do bubbles. I'm getting into tequila cocktails as well. I oh. had a frozen margarita the other day in a in a pub, they were serving frozen margaritas. I was, yes, I will have a frozen margarita. <laughs> the world's gone mad. Oh, it has, isn't it? It's like in October. I was gone then. I love one. <laughs> I used to drink a lot in my twenties. I don't know how I But no somewhere. regrets. Like you no. look at it. It must have been so mad for you. Like,
0: I'm sure people bring this up all the time, but like that level of fame that you first had in a mm. time of no social media now don't get me wrong the media was mad and you know intense I'm sure but how do you feel about that now looking back and going through your 20s at that time before everything was shared everything was accessible I'm I'm
1: hugely grateful are you because I did a bunch of stuff that basically no one's seen and it's not on record and no one is ever going to know about it (laughs) So I'm fucking grateful. Maybe I'd have been better behaved. In a way, it was good that there wasn't social media because we would just go out and get so, so messy. And and we'd do things that were just like, because we knew we weren't being filmed, we'd get away with it. Do you know what I mean? So I'm yeah. hugely grateful that I... I first of all did a reality show at a time when there was no social media. And if you really wanted to troll me, you'd have to get some paper, a pen. You'd have to write to me. You'd have to go to a post box and send me a letter. So it
0: was 2002, which is 21 years ago.
1: Yeah, I know. Can, I know. Can and you... I thought I was so grown up. Yeah. Can you believe that? No. It's, it's it when I always use big brother as the marker of just how quickly I feel like time I never thought life went quickly and I don't know if I would still if I'd have done if I hadn't have done big brother but it's I just can't believe it's 21 years ago it feels like 10 feels yes. like 10 years ago it doesn't feel 21 and I did genuinely feel like I was such an adult and I was such a child I was so immature at the time but I really thought I was grown up um and I just think to myself I really don't want the next 21 years to go that fast no oh my god
0: No, I'm not scary. saying this to, I'm not saying this to make you feel old oh gosh but I was What's 10 I was 10 at the time <gasps> <sighs> oh, but god. it's madness you make me sick <laughs> it's madness Ten. because I remember your entire season I watched it Do all you? the only thing we weren't I wasn't allowed to watch was like the live stream. I wasn't allowed to watch it live. I was allowed to watch the show in the evening. Remember, it was like the 24 yeah. hour.
1: There's <laughs> lots of things that happened on the live stream that would have traumatized you for life. Good parenting. Well done, mom and dad. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah, that was, that's mad that you watched it at 10. Yeah,
0: but uh, sorry, I was just looking up obviously facts and figures about it this week. And like, you got over 3 million votes. What, to win? To win. Oh, thank you everyone. Bloody hell, was it that many? It's been twenty-one years. Kate Lawler who issues her thank you.
1: <laughs> I seriously so whenever anyone says I voted for you, I'm like, thank you. Can I give you the money back for the phone call or the text message? Because basically you like changed my life, so thank you. Oh um, my god. Was it three million votes? That's incredible. But then back then everybody voted for reality TV shows, didn't they? You probably don't get that many people voting these
0: You got nine hundred thousand more votes than Johnny. Wow. I thought it was neck and neck with a Johnny and I. No, they obviously wow. said that for the for the drama of it. No, you were absolutely the most loved.
1: I still don't think I'm a, you know, people go, you're a big brother legend. I, I think I was quite a boring housemate. I think when you look at the, the level of, like what makes someone a big brother legend? Someone like Nikki Graham is a big brother legend. You, you know I mean? were a legend. Yeah. Well, I, I don't I just, I was, I think I was quite, I think people that are, necess, people that are, the bigger characters and the more fun, they don't necessarily win. Yeah, but
0: people are are legends for different reasons. And it was very clear that you, like you just were fun and up for fun and like not a dick.
1: And that people connect with that. I was a drunk. You know, back then it was like (laughs) the first year they, it was the first year they supplied alcohol and it's not Big Brother's fault. Like I'm not saying the producers are to blame, but I was in there for 64 days and every single night we got drunk. Which is why I put on a stone and a half because I didn't know what cider was. And when we when we did our shopping for the first week, I was like, "Can we get vodka, please?" And they were like, "Well, we could get twenty five bottles of cider for one bottle of vodka." I was like, "What cider?" And they were like, "You'll love it." So we had cider and lager and blackcurrant every night. Gross. And then I wondered why I came out like a stone and a half heavier. But we also it also made for very entertaining TV. Like Completely. we with alcohol came the arguments, the drama. You know the sex, the snogs, the rock and the roll fun games. It was just, it was a very rock and roll big brother. And then we had the poor side, rich side. And I was on the poor side for like six out of nine weeks. It was horrific. But again, you
0: were fun on the poor side. You weren't a miserable bitch. You were <end>.
1: I mean, I remember there's one clip of me where I'd I'd broken my these hideous like two tone I had these awful Gucci sunglasses that I thought were nice at the time. And I was in the coal bunker looking for coal and the the lid like twatted me on the head and the glasses fell and smashed. And I went into Big Brother and I was like, My glasses are smashed. And they were like, Okay, I was like, and I need them because I've got hay fever. I just, I, I wanted a pair of like, Can I go to the rich side and get some more? And they were like, no, you're on the poor side. Your glasses are broke. And I was due on my period and spent some, my like love interest had just been evicted. And I just started crying <laughs> in the diary. I was such an ugly crier. I was just like, I look back at that and think cringe. I can't. But overall, I was quite positive And I think I had a fun time in there.
0: Okay, Kate, your no laughing matter moment in life.
1: Oh no, this is, we're going to take a turn here go on complete 180 I was gonna pick the story about my dog being stolen from me by my psycho ex my dog is still alive I have it on good authority and it's still being looked after but I broke up with my ex because it was a toxic relationship and it went on for far too long the arguments him you know not being the best version of himself so I broke up with him which he didn't take very well and he was like well, I'll have the dogs then. We had two dogs at the time, Baxter, my border terrier, who I've still got. And we had a little Yorkshire terrier called Kevin. Love, love the name Kevin. Anyway, he so was really cute. cute. And he was a little rescue. And he said, my ex, well, I get the dogs. And I said, that's not how it works. Like, We're breaking up because we're not meant to be together and it's just not a healthy relationship. So let's like try and come to some sort of agreement. And we mm-hmm. couldn't because we wouldn't split them up. So we tried sharing them. So I'd have them for a week. And then I moved to Manchester. He's still, he's still living in Birmingham at this point. Mm-hmm. And we'd meet on the M6 and it was always a drama. Whenever I handed the dogs over or he handed the dogs over, he'd be upset. And one day I just took them and then I never messaged him again. And he was like, when am I coming to get them? And I ignored him. And then I said to him, look, enough is enough. It's not working Us sharing them yeah I'm just going to have them because we can't keep doing this. both of us need to move on mm-hmm. and my this was on the advice of my friends to do this, and I said he's gonna he's not going to take it. He's not going to accept that I'm having them and for about a month, I would walk out of my door every day in Manchester looking over my shoulder, thinking he's gonna come up and he's gonna steal them and then the debt the one it, a month had gone by, and it was literally like you couldn't have made it up like the one day I was just like, I think I need to just get over the fact that. He's, I need to stop worrying. And I remember walking down this quiet road with them to the park, and I heard footsteps, and I was like, you know, sometimes when you hear footsteps and you like look around and it's just a jogger. Yeah. I was like, oh, it would just be a jogger. And I looked and it was him. And he literally bundled us all to the floor. And then all I remember, because it was really quick, was us me screaming and the dogs being in the air because we both were trying to fight. He was trying to get them both off me, and he managed to get away with Kevin. He ran with Kevin, and I ran into someone's house, and I hid in a bush with my other dog, and Baxter, and I rung 999, and the police came, and they could clearly see that I'd been attacked. I had holes in my jeans, and my knees were bleeding, and I was in hysterics, and sadly, they took me back to the house, and they said, you just need to give us proof that you own Kevin, and then we can go and get him, and we stupidly, when we adopted kevin we 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 um had him microchipped and for some reason we put my ex's name no in. yeah no, so they no. said legally he doesn't belong to you so if you want him back you'll have to go to court so i took him to court and i got re- and i was going to get a restraining order and then oh, i just I, I i i just couldn't be bothered but the judge was really mean and just said like you just have one each i don't know why you're here wasting my time so i never got him back so that was just when that, was when was this? 2013, 2013. So yeah, ten years thing. ago. Yeah, and then and then after that followed like a year of him like stalking me and sending me messages saying, "Come on, we can make amends." And just like I'd met someone else by then, and he was like, it was just horrific. And you know, my dog Baxter, who's thirteen in a couple of weeks, he went out with his best mate that day, and literally, you know, that whole incident, he was he was like that shaking after it had happened, and then he you know he never saw his best mate ever again and i know it's people might call me silly but that really affected my dog like and and me for a long time like i had to have cbt and therapy because a lot a lot of anxiety and fear i had a few years ago we and trauma based fear and stuff was all because of this incident like i couldn't go for a walk ever after that for a long time for about 10 years without Phew. If I'd heard of Jogger behind me, if I if Baxter went missing for like two minutes, I'd be like, where is he? My ex is here, he's gonna take him. But yeah, it was horrific and no laughing matter at all. And I you know, my friend is still friends with my ex on Facebook. So she kind of sends me pictures of Kevin and I know he's being looked after, but it's just, it's so upsetting that it ended that way. That you is, know? That and is I...
0: horrific. And anyone who kind of thinks, my sister had it during lockdown, her dog was attacked and killed. And the trauma, like oh people gosh. who aren't animal people or, or specifically dog people, they don't understand. And it, and so you can sorry. sound and you can really apologize and go and go. I'm sorry if I sound dramatic, or I'm sorry if it sounds like you know. You could very easily say it's not a child, it's not a human life. They are part of the family. They're in they your are. house all the time. They are your support network.
1: Yeah, yeah. They really are. I d- I d- and that's how I feel about my dogs. They're not. They're not pets. They're like. They're like my babies. And I always call my, like Baxter, I always t- call him son because he's just like my son. And I've, he has literally been with me every day for 13 years nearly. Like all, your dogs are always with you, right? Yeah. Like I, I rarely leave them out of anything. We try and take them on holiday with us. We take them to France every year and they're with us. I, I purposely go to dog friendly places and it's just, it's a shame how it worked out. And I, weirdly enough, I still feel sorry for my ex. And I still, you know, like, because I hate that he... Felt like he couldn't live without them And it's horrible that we had to separate them But yeah that was a time in my life Where I just I mean I'll never forget it, it Like it, the events of that day Even though it all happened so quickly Are still so clear mm. And the, yeah doing the CBT Has definitely helped me now When I'm out there's like a process I go through If I hear yeah. footsteps If if he go, my dog goes missing for like five minutes He's having a little wonder I'm nowhere near as um, scared Or anything like that that took oh a Oh god what a blimmin depressing story I'm sorry no, to bring it's the mood down it's...
0: <laughs> No it's not No well actually I would love you If you're happy to Touch a little bit on postnatal depression Because a lot of the Women in particular who listen to this podcast yeah. I think would love to hear that You know because I think again Social media you can presume that someone has it all You know or that yeah. once you have a baby Life's amazing and it all is always oh, is great for her You know and, and I think It would just be great to hear Even as much as you're comfortable to talk about
1: Yeah, I mean, I wrote a book about it. So it's all out there anyway, a while ago, because I did feel like, I mean, that was a cathartic experience and one I thought I wanted to do to help others because before I had a baby, everyone told me it was the best thing I'll ever do. And social media played a big part in my decision making because what I saw on social media were happy parents, happy babies, beautiful family pictures and everyone having a really lovely time, which is just like a snapshot of a day in which there are 24 hours. And I don't think at the time when I had my baby, it's changed a lot since then, um, that social media, people on social media were being honest about parenting. And so when I had my baby, my pregnancy was great. I got pregnant really easily. There were no health complications. I had a great birth. It was magical. And I genuinely didn't think for a second, which was very naive of me, that I would be affected by postnatal depression because I I thought I felt like at the time there would be nothing to be sad about and I was quite a positive person. But we had a quite a tough start with Noah. She was born and immediately got sent to uh, intensive care just because the water hadn't drained from her lungs properly. It was quite common in newborns who are born out of um, your tummy, which I had her out of my um, tummy, so then we were in and out of hospital for a few weeks because she was on so many antibiotics because um, they thought she might have had an infection. They really messed with her stomach and she had reflux and then she spiked a temperature and we were in and out of hospital for a long time. Um, and so the first few weeks of me giving birth, uh, the first few weeks of me um, being a mum just weren't what I expected them to be. And then I found breastfeeding really difficult. I, at the time, I just, I couldn't believe how difficult breastfeeding was. No one told me how tricky that was either. Um Everyone just told me what a great thing it was and how happy I'd be. And it was the best thing I'll ever do. And at the time, all I could think of was this is the worst thing I've ever done. And because my husband now, my fiance at the time, really wanted me to have a child and I wasn't sure, I felt so bad, but I I kept saying, like I knew this would happen. I knew I shouldn't have done it, which then made him feel bad. Our relationship was on the floor. We weren't getting any sleep. Sleep deprivation was like torture and... The sleep deprivation was worse because Noah had reflux, which meant she couldn't settle and she kept throwing up. So then she was hungry, so I had to feed more. And it was just like a never-ending cycle of feast and crying. And yeah, I just spiraled into a really deep, dark place and had the most intrusive and upsetting thoughts. And to the point where, yeah, I thought about suicide. I thought really, really horrific things about, you know, Noah and... I just I had to get help and I wouldn't ask for help but it was my husband who who got me help in the end and he yeah he said I you need therapy you're not you're not in a good headspace and it was just I kept saying no because I didn't want to speak to somebody I didn't know about it they didn't know me like I would find it really hard to talk to them and I did the very first chat I had with my therapist Anna was so hard but as soon as I'd done that, every every single chat we had was incredible. And we did it over Zoom because it was the height of lockdown. That was another thing as well. We were in the pandemic. I didn't see anyone. There was yeah, nothing so going hard. on, you know. Yeah, during pregnancy and birth and beyond, I was I just didn't see anyone. So I think that might have contributed to it. But yeah, the therapy helped. I was put on a low dose of citalopram and SSRI, which lifted my mood. And as time went on and being a mum. Became less difficult. I don't want to say easier, easier because it's never easy, but it became less challenging, and I I became more experienced and knowledgeable knowledgeable about what my daughter needed and what I needed as a parent. Um, Yeah, the postnatal depression went away, so it was with me for like the first year of her life, and I just want to say to anyone out there who's struggling in that first apocalyptic newborn period which i could only describe as hell like it's it's really not like this forever and everybody told me and i didn't believe them and i i thought to myself i'm never going to be happy again and i'm really happy now so don't worry and it's really hard to say that somebody's in the thick of it mm-hmm. but it the first year can be so so tricky and challenging and just mentally exhausting physically exhausting you're trying to recover from birth if you've had the baby out you've your fanny, sorry to be so crude. Uh, (laughs) Vagina, just hate the word vagina, I can't say it. Uh, Or your tummy, you're you're either kind of recovering from a like having your stomach cut open or your vagina ripping open, like that's painful. And then, you know, your udders are just like leaking milk and you haven't brushed your teeth since last Tuesday. And you're scrolling
0: on Instagram and there's people who have had a baby 10 days ago back in their size six jeans and you're like, no.
1: Get off Instagram, you big showoff! I, I, I mean, do you know what? I, I just like my body just went back really quickly, and I was eating so much food because I was breastfeeding. And yeah. Then, but I wasn't even exercising. I was like, how am I losing this weight? This is insane. But I was just still miserable it was more like I kept seeing new mums who had had babies the same time as me yes doing all these photo shoots where their babies looked like cherubs and they were dressing them up in clothes my daughter literally lived in a baby grow for six months (laughs) she lived in a baby grow that was covered I just I just I had the energy to put her into a different baby grow every day and that was it Mm -hmm. and you know even going out of the house or you know going out with my girlfriends it didn't happen for months I was like how are people out and back to work and doing and then it makes you feel guilty because
0: Oh, it's, it's a minefield,
1: but yeah, it's really, I hope that my book and me talking about it so honestly helped normalize one postnatal depression and two, made people feel less alone and three, helped any person, man or woman or carer, like if they've had it in the past, because I just think to myself, what did people do before... What do people do 20 years ago when they had postnatal depression? I was on Instagram. I, I thought I was going to be on Instagram going, this is great, look at me, breastfeeding like a can like Jew," And instead, I was just like, ow, this hurts. I'm not producing enough milk. I called my boobs Phil and Grant because they were just like big, bold. Like they just... And um, Phil, right... Phil was so shit, like didn't produce any milk. Grant was just like a weapon. Like Noah, would just she preferred Grant. She was always on Grant. Phil, I did this. Uh, during my breastfeeding, like at night, I would go on Instagram and do these stories. And I'd speak to this, like I called them the wide awake club. And I just speak yeah. to this army of women who are also feeding from a bottle, from their boob, however they were doing it, but just awake. Cause those are the most loneliest parts. The night feeds where you're just alone. And people used to say, "Thank you so much for for helping me realize now that actually it was normal how I was feeling twenty years ago because I didn't have someone like you telling me it was normal." Okay, Kate, the person that you always laugh with, who is that? I mean, my husband's going to kill me for for not saying him. <laughs> but you know what, Martin, you're just not that funny, babe. <laughs> Sorry. No, <laughs> he won't listen to this. He's fine. He is funny. My husband, <laughs> he is funny. But the person I I I const I can guarantee that I will be laughing within the first five minutes of meeting her is my one of my best friends, Allegra, and we've been on such a journey together. We've been friends since two thousand and three, um, and Allegra is a proud trans woman. So I've known her since she was a proud gay man, Joseph, and the journey she has been on has been a roller coaster of a, a ride. And I mean, there's been times where I'm like. Oh, wow, like this is just so intense to be on it with you. But no matter what and everything she's faced and overcome, she has always had a sense of humor, and I just guarantee that I will be laughing my head off with her. She is so inappropriate. She is so rude. She doesn't give a shit. She, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm. I won't, I am i i will not i will not tell you the things we've laughed at because we would be cancelled. But yeah. that's that's the whole point, isn't it? When you have <laughs> private laughs with your friends, she is just the funniest person I've ever met. And if I ever want to laugh. I'll just give her a ring because she'll tell me she'll within two minutes she'll either be moaning or she'll be saying something funny or not even realising she'll be she's being funny. <laughs> she's hilarious. Everyone needs an Allegra in their life. Love it.
0: Okay, a time where you had the last laugh, Kate.
1: This is hard, Darren. I don't really know. I, I reckon with my dad. Me and my dad are really close. Uh, I once. I, I, this is the only thing I can think of. It's not even a big story. It's just a tiny little story. Right. And it's about gambling, which I don't do. Gamble responsibly. I don't gamble, but it was the third round of the FA Cup in, like, 2016. So I put a tenner on eight teams to win. Right. And throughout the day, all my bets were coming in to the point where, at one point, I had, like, five teams who had won out of eight, and I had a really good cash-out option. And I was telling my dad, and he was like, cash-out, you're not going to win, cash-out. I was like, (laughs) piss off, Dad. This is my bet. It's a tenner. I've got, like, (gasps) options, You're never going to win. You're a mug. You could be winning 200 quid. Yeah, but I could win 464 pounds. That's what I could win. If I was going to win, it was 464 pounds. Anyway, it got to the end of the day. Seven of the eight games had come in. No, Man United were playing like a a dog shit team. I don't know what league they were in. But it was like Man United are going to win this game, right? They're going to win because they're playing a really low league team. And it was it was my cash-out option at this point was, like, 400 quid. Yeah. I was like, I'm not cashing out. And my dad was like, you're a mug! And I was like, stop interfering with my bet. And Man United at half-time were... It was nil-nil. No goals have been scored. Oh God. And then they went one-nil down. No. And then my cash-out just started to basically reduce until it was, like, four quid. And my dad was like, I told you! You're an idiot! And I was just, like, muting him on WhatsApp. And then... And then... They equalised in the 90th minute. No. So it was one all. And I was like, well, I can't cash out because and I couldn't cash out by now anyway because my cash out options were pathetic. Yeah. And then in the 90, there was like in the 97th minute, We by now we're in a taxi because we're going to a pizza restaurant and we're late. And I'm like, mate, put, put, put TalkSport on. I need to listen to this game. And in the taxi, Wayne Rooney scored in the 97th minute. You should have seen me, His taxi no. driver was absolutely like, what is going on? 464 quid off a tenner get in so I had the last laugh and you know what my dad do you know what I messaged him and I was like in your face dizzy, and he was like let that be a lesson to you and I was like I won you prick like, what are you on about <laughs> let that be a lesson to you you were stressed out but I won like, I won 460 <laughs> whatever dad so I had the last laugh <laughs> that is such a good story and the dad, your dad refusing to let you have it that's amazing just let that be a lesson to you next time next time don't listen to you because you were wrong and if I'd have cashed out I'd only got 200 quid you moron anyway so I had the last laugh there oh
0: so I good I didn't even think that was a
1: good story that's
0: one of my favourites actually of last Is laughs it? absolutely that we've ever Big heard desi
1: boys just such he's so <laughs> scary get involved he loves it Kate Lawler if laughter wasn't the best medicine what would be? My dogs are my world. Oh. Sorry. Sorry to my child. <laughs> it should be that. I, no, she gives the best hugs. She does. And yeah. actually, you know, if laughter wasn't the best medicine, my daughter singing a nursery rhyme would be the best medicine. Because she's, she's awful at singing. She's totally out of tune. She can't sing several life, but it's cute. But <laughs> dogs, having a hug from my dogs, like being close to my dogs. There's something about a dog who can't speak your language, who gets when you're, like, upset. They understand you. They can feel your emotions. And I've got two dogs. I have a rescue now. Her name's Shirley. All my rescues are called human names, by the way. <laughs> so Shirley is just a lunatic terrier, and she's got the worst breath. But there's something about... She, she actually hugs. She puts her paws on my shoulder, Man, and love. she hugs me. She comes up to me in the morning, and I honestly... I feel like the oxy, the oxytocin rush I get from, like, my dogs and just them them being on me... It's just like, it's the best feeling ever. That and the best recipe for a chocolate chip and hazelnut cookie melt in the middle, which I'll send you after this. It's oh fucking amazing. My oh my God. <laughs> best cookies you'll ever eat in your life. You can thank me later. You bake them for 12 minutes. And when you get them out the oven, you have to wait 10 minutes. Don't, don't break the 10 minute rule. How do you wait? How do you wait? Set a timer, go and busy yourself. Go and have a poo, go and read a book, go and do some <laughs> yoga, go out for a walk. I I broke the 10 minute rule once, didn't taste that great. Waited for 10 minutes, crispy on the outside, gooey, as anything on the inside. Oh. A kilo of dairy milk chocolates in there. So good. A kilo. Yeah, a kilo. Unbelievable. Yeah, got you that Send right. it on. Oh no a kilo. I think it's three hundred and sixty grams. Sorry. It's a bit over the top. now. it's not a kilo. <laughs> yeah, kilo sounds better. I'm gonna I'm gonna send you the recipe. But yeah Please dog do. hugs. Dog okay. hugs are just Amazing. The best.
0: okay, are you ready for your quick fire round, Kate? Yeah, go on, talk to me. Okay. The actor that always
1: makes you laugh. I've put, I've picked um Will Ferrell. Nice. because I yeah my dog's my dog's called Baxter I'm a big welfare fan
0: oh is that why okay love it love it yeah. the actress that always makes you laugh uh, Melissa McCarthy
1: brilliant the movie that makes you laugh out loud Step Brothers Step Brothers time and time again I could watch that film over and over every time I find it funnier
0: and you know what my boyfriend is a snob about comedy because yeah. he's a comedian um, and he'll laugh at like he'll be like ha lol people who still quote Anchorman, Step Brothers I'm like I don't care what you say it's classic it's the Listen, best
1: with all due respect to your boyfriend he's wrong to, to have that view he's completely wrong yeah he's wrong
0: okay on the topic of comedians your favourite comedian Kate
1: Ricky Gervais that was such an easy answer I that's Mark's see... favourite comedian so maybe oh, you guys actually look okay. he's redeemed on. himself he's <laughs> redeemed himself did we just become best friends Yeah. No? <laughs> He's redeemed himself. Uh, Ricky Gervais. Ricky Gervais. Yeah, and Mark amazing. Megan. And
0: Mark Megan. And finally, Kate. Go on. Your best or worst joke?
1: Do you know what? I asked my husband this last night. I was like, what's my best jokes? So he, went, he went, oh, that's a bit tricky, that one, because you're not really a joke person, are you? I was just like, oh, <laughs> what? I'm the funniest person you know. The shade. Um, Kate, I wrote this down. I wrote this down, my best and worst joke. I, I know they're just two bad jokes, but... I I like really crap jokes. Yeah. And I'm a big fan of cheese jokes. I love them too, yeah. Do you like on. cheese jokes? Love them. I love cheese jokes. And I think this is a really good joke, but my husband thinks it's a terrible joke. You're building it up massively now. It's a terrible <laughs> joke. What's a cheese's favorite music? Go on. R and B. <laughs> no?
0: producer Paddy says no I I kind of shut send up me... Paddy that joke wasn't for you no one <laughs> asked your opinion <laughs> Okay, Kate this has been such a laugh
1: and a half oh, I've really enjoyed it it's such a great concept for a podcast this because each question makes like you know you go back to a time in your life where you wouldn't normally talk about those sort of things with your mates normally you meet up and you're like how's your week been how's so and so you don't know, you go when's the last time you laughed like what's the earliest memory of childhood it's just so good
0: Kate, nothing nothing turns me on more than people complimenting the format. I'm obsessed with my format, so thank you. Should you should be. You should be. It's yours, isn't it? Your boyfriend didn't come up with it. He did not. He will never claim it. Yeah. I love it. I think it's great. Kate, thank you so much for sharing the last of your life.
1: It's been an absolute pleasure from start to finish. You're welcome. And let me know if you ever decide to play the biting toe game. It's, it's proper lols. <laughs>
0: I'll do it tonight with Mark. See how we, see how we get on. <laughs> I love it. Thank you for listening to The Last of Your Life with Kate Lawler. I really hope you enjoyed it and don't forget to like, subscribe, rate and review. It really helps the show if you do. This podcast is produced by Chemistry Media and Collaborative Studios, and this season of The Last of Your Life is brought to you by F&F Fashion at Tesco.